Well, I'm excited to deliver the word of God tonight. Did you come ready to receive? Did you come expecting to hear what God wants to say to us tonight? Well, you know that we are living in a time when there is a whole lot of shaking going on. And that phrase, a whole lot of shaking, is not just the line or the title of an old song. It's a reality in the day and in the age that we live in. Shake-ups are happening all around us. And this is not a negative message. I'm just starting out making a point. We see political establishments. We see kingdoms that are crumbling right before our very eyes. We see economic structures that in, even in many countries, including our own, that are getting shaken to the core. We see things that people thought would never fall and never collapse, collapsing. Think about all of the great big banking institutions that we have seen fold up and close their doors. Major corporations that are no longer in existence. There's shakeups that are happening in every single realm around us. But praise God. We are not of those that are shaken. Why is that? Because we are built and we are established on the rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us in this day and in this age that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And that's what we're seeing. You want to turn over to Hebrews chapter 12. We want to look at this in the Amplified Version. I appreciate the folks up there. I actually wrote my scriptures down, forgot to give them to you. But anyhow, Hebrews chapter 12 in the Amplified Version. And we'll look at verse 26 and verse 27. This tells us exactly what I just quoted to you. Then at Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth, but now he has given a promise. Yet once more, I will shake and make tremble not only the earth, but also the starry heavens. Now this expression yet once more indicates the final removal and transformation of all that can be shaken. That is of that which has been created in order that In order that what cannot be shaken may remain and continue. The phrase I want us to look at tonight may remain and continue. There's things that are shaken and everything that can be shaken. We just named some of them. The political arena, the economic structure, just a few things that can be and they have been shaken. Nations that have been shaken. Just look at the news. All of the unrest going on in the Middle East. And I'm going there next week, but glory be to God. Thank God for the angels of the Lord. Thank God for the blood of the lamb. Thank God for protection. Amen. We're, uh, we're full of peace. I told pastor Mark the other day, I said, okay, now you're my head. We're still going, right? Yeah, we got peace. I got peace. He's got peace. Hallelujah. We're going, but every nation in that area, it seems like one after another, all this shaking things, turbulent going on all around the world. But I declare to you tonight, there's something that cannot and will not and never shall be shaken. And that is the kingdom of God. I got a question for you. Are you in the kingdom of God? 
Another question, is the kingdom of God in you? We are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in us. So then we are safe in troubled times. We are stable in unsure times. Hallelujah. We are secure in the name of the Lord. We are secure upon the foundation of the word of the living God. Now tonight I want to look at just three simple keys. There's many more, but three keys that will keep us stable in unstable times. Three things that will keep us from being distracted by all the things that are going on around us. Has anybody ever turned on the news and you hear these talking heads and you're like, bad news, bad news, this is wrong and that is wrong. And your emotions get pulled into that or, excuse me, get sucked into that temporarily. But we have to turn off that news. We ought to turn off the bad news and turn on the good news. Amen. We're not moved by that stuff. Hallelujah. Even though we may be living in a time that in the natural, it's a stormy season. You know what? We have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. The things that you have been taught, the word of God that has taken root in your heart. It's in there now for us to act on it like never before so that we can rise up and be the light in the midst of a dark time. You know what happens when storms begin to gather and they're going to show up in a certain area? Those that are prepared for the storm, those that have a strong foundation are the ones that are not affected. A home that is built on a strong foundation. It can take a lot of wind. It can take a lot of rain. But if you've got a little house that's just made out of cardboard, I mean one little puff of wind, and that thing is gone. And many Christians, their homes are not established on the rock of the Word of God. And when the storms of life come, they're tossed to and fro. They're blown off of their foundation. But not so in this place. Amen? What kind of house... Do you have? I believe you've got a strong house. I believe that your life is established and rooted and grounded in the Lord Jesus Christ. The first thing that keeps us from being shaken is a strong foundation. I want to look over in Luke chapter 6 at verse 46. And we're going to look at these in the King James Version. This is the parable. One of my favorite parables Of the wise man and the foolish man. And the difference in their house. In verse 46 of verse 6, first of all, Jesus is talking and laying a foundation before he gives this parable. Verse 46 of Luke 6. And why call you me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. So Jesus, he's laying out the groundwork before he gives them this parable. And he is saying here, if I am really your Lord, then you will do my word. If you really want to follow me, you're not going to just listen to what I say, but you're going to do 
what I have commanded you to do. And that's what the Bible tells us. The Bible does not say that those who are excited about the word are going to be blessed. Those that hear a great message and get real enthusiastic, then they're going to have the fruit of the word in their life. No, doesn't the Bible tell us in James chapter 1 verse 22, but be ye doers of the word of God and not hearers only. Then it goes on to say, if you're a hearer only, you're deceiving yourself. We don't want to be self-deceived. We want to be doers of the word of God. So Jesus himself, this is in red. Jesus is saying this. He's saying, if you really love me, if you really are my disciples, then you're not just going to get excited when I tell you a cute little parable, but you're going to get the truth of it and you're going to act on it and you're going to implement it in your life. And it will change you. Amen. So anyhow, this is the parable of the wise man and the foolish man. Who do you think was the doer? The wise man was the doer. Now let's look on down here at verse 48. He is like a man which built a house and diggeth deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock, the wise man. But then there was another man who heard the same thing. Another man who had the same storms come to his life. We'll see here. It wasn't a different storm. It was the exact same circumstances. The exact same rain, the exact same wind, the exact storm that came to both of these houses. This house stood fast. But look here in verse 49. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth. Against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Some of you may have grown up in Sunday school like I did. I know I used this illustration years ago, and Pastor Kimberly sang the song with me. But remember, if you did grow up in Sunday school... The wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember that? The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock. And the rains came tumbling down. The rains came. Okay, Kimberly. Come on. The rains came down. And the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. And the house on the rock stood fast. Amen. We're not done yet. Because we're not done yet. Because the foolish man built his house upon the sand. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. Isn't that fun? The foolish man built his house upon the sand. And the rains came tumbling down. Everybody together now. The rains came down and the floods came up. The rains came down and the floods came up. Come on, Sunday schoolers. The rains came down and the floods came up. 
and the house on the sand went splat. <laughs> Not a good day if your house goes splat. It isn't a good day. But the difference was the foundation. Same rain, same storm, and came to both houses. They weren't exempt from the storm. The man that built his house on the rock was not exempt from the storm. Have you figured out because you love Jesus with all of your heart, because you love the word of God, because you're in church worshiping the Lord, because you give and you tithe, have you figured out that that doesn't make you exempt from the storms of life? It doesn't mean that the attacks aren't going to come. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be opportunity for you to be shaken. We all have those opportunities. We have things that just broadside us sometimes that we're, you know, we're walking along, we're trucking, we're doing what we know to do. And then all of a sudden out of where, nowhere, boom, an attack from the enemy, a bad report from the doctor, a financial attack. Maybe you get laid off from your job and all of a sudden you're tempted to be shaken because of the circumstances, because of the storms of life. But if we are anchored in Jesus and the word is our foundation, we are not going to go under. We are not going to go splat. Hallelujah. We are not going to be shaken. We are going to stand. I mean, the storms may come, the wind may be howling, the rain may be pouring, but when the sun breaks through and it will, the sun always shines again. When the sun breaks through those storm clouds, guess what? Your house is still going to be standing. Hallelujah. Because we are built on the rock that will not roll. We've seen this even in the natural. We have seen people who their storms are predicted and the storms are coming their way. You know, I grew up in Oklahoma and that where we lived was considered Tornado Alley. And that's not really where you want to live in Tornado Alley. But I'm telling you, there were many times and this was back before the scientific stuff was not so uh, advanced as it is now. I mean, now they can almost tell you where the storm cloud's going to touch down and all of that stuff. But back in the day, way, way back. <laughs> Way, way back in the day, y'all found out this morning that Pastor was talking about me when he said he was still in love with the 60, uh, 50, not 60. No, I rebuked that with a 56 year old. Hallelujah. So way, 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 way back then. They'd say, there's a tornado. It's a brewing. And it's heading toward Pawnee County. Then it would say, yeah, it's heading right toward Pawnee. And many a time, my dad was a man of faith. He'd get out there and he'd say, I mean, you know, he didn't know everything that we do know, but he knew that God loved us. He knew to trust God. And he'd get out there and he'd declare, it's not going to touch my property. It's not going to destroy my home. It's not going to destroy my barn. It's not going to affect our livestock. Not going to affect our crops. And I cannot remember. 
remember once ever having damage from a tornado. And we'd have neighbors' houses that were blown away, barns that went selling up into wherever. But I'm telling you, our stuff was safe because my parents, my dad knew to build your house on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. If this works in the spiritual realm, folks, It'll work in the natural as well. Hallelujah. God doesn't want us to be afraid of earthquakes and hurricanes and and tornadoes. These terrible things that come in the natural. We got authority over them. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Lord, for the blood. We thank you, Lord, for the name. We thank you for protection. I just sense right now we're supposed to pray. Let's pray for protection. In the name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Jesus over the Bay Area. We plead the blood of Jesus over our properties. We may not be able to stop earthquakes, but we can keep them from damaging our property. We can keep them from bringing any hurt or harm to us or our loved ones. So in the name of Jesus, I just heard this in my spirit. Your house might be built on the Hayward fault line, but it doesn't matter. Oh, Madre Sobra, declare Ninamaso, my, but the foundation of my house is not made out of mortal and clay. The foundation of my house is the word of the living God. It's the name of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus. Oh, we are living in the last days. We are living in a time when there's going to be wars and rumors of wars, when there is going to be earthquakes. And I'm not predicting earthquakes, but I'm telling you, we, sombra, they don't have to come nigh us. They don't have to be ambrosa. They don't have to hurt us or our loved ones or our property in the name of Jesus. And it's a code. It's imperative that we strengthen ourselves, that we stir ourselves up regarding protection in this day and in this hour. Speak the word of God over you your family, and your property. Declare the 91st Psalm. A thousand might fall at my right side, 10,000 at my left side, but it shall not come nigh me. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Hallelujah. Stir us up, Lord. We are stirred concerning protection. We are not shaken by fear. Amen. Stir yourself up. Glory to be to God. I'm telling you, that was a word from the spirit of God. So you need to take that. Make sure you're declaring protection and safety every single day. Amen. Then the second thing, this is really related to what we just were speaking about. The second thing that we must do to keep from being shaken is resist fear. Fear is a force. Fear is a spirit. 
As a matter of fact, let's look over at 2 Timothy, and I want to look at these verses in the Amplified. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 in the Amplified. Oh, I'm thanking you, Lord, for divine unction. I'm thanking you, Lord, that the word has free course and you give us utterance. And you help us, Lord, to speak out truths that we need to hear and we need to act on in this day and in this age. There, I just can't get away from that in my spirit. Somebody, you came here tonight and it's not by accident. Because God, he wants you to stop some plots and some plans of the enemy. We are not to fear him, but we have an enemy who is real and we are not to be stupid. We are supposed to be wise in this day and in this hour. And we are to be led by our spirit. We are to be in the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. Under the protection of almighty God. Glory be to God. Somebody really needs to stir that up. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we we do not fear the plots, plans, and the schemes of the wicked one. We do not fear you, devil. Do you hear that? We don't fear you, but we do have authority over you. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we use our authority. And Father, whatever that is, that's coming up in my spirit. I know people right now, they come into agreement with me and we take authority over that plot. We take authority over that assignment that is arrayed against somebody either here or related to this church. We take authority over that and we declare no accident shall come nigh their dwelling. No tragedy shall happen in their lives. In the name of Jesus. And I must and Father, I know that my church family agrees even concerning Pastor and I. That's That's not what it is. That's not what it is. But I know that they agree that our steps are ordered of the Lord. And they agree for divine protection on this trip. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for it. We are led. We are being led. And we do go forth with peace. So, devil, don't you even think about trying to stir anything up. Hallelujah. Woo, we're in the right place at the right time. In the name of Jesus. Oh, glory. I'm telling you, God's a motor. We do not fear. We do not fear. Second Timothy 1 7 in the Amplified. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardness. Of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But he has given us a spirit of power and love. And of a calm and well-balanced mind. And discipline and self-control. Fear does not come from God. Fear is the exact opposite of faith. And it is the bait of the devil to try to get a stronghold, try to get entrance into our lives. Doesn't the Bible say the thing that Joe greatly feared came upon him? Fear is like opening the door. But I heard a minister say years ago, and it stuck in my spirit. He said, 
fear knocked on the door, faith answered, and nobody was there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When fear knocks on the door of your life, your response ought to be faith in the word of God and faith will dispel that fear. It can't stay in the presence of of faith. Amen. Then I heard somebody use this little caustic about fear, false evidence appearing real, false evidence appearing real. Fear is just its images, its lies, its bait of the devil trying to get us to take the bait. He just think about the things that people worry about, the things that people fear. Most of the time, there's not even any substance to it. It's just out there. Imaginations, all of this stuff in the mind trying to get us to buy into his lies. Our mind is the battleground. That's why this verse says he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love. And what kind of a mind? What kind of a mind? A sound mind, a well-balanced mind. Look and discipline and self-control. Did you know it takes some discipline? It takes spiritual discipline not to meditate on all that garbage that the devil throws your way. It takes spiritual discipline when he says, ooh, that pain in your shoulder, you know that's arthritis. Oh, you know that pain in your stomach, ooh, you know that's an ulcer. It it takes spiritual discipline to say, no, in the name of Jesus, I'm not going down that trail. I'm not going on that path. I discipline myself to resist that thought. And put my attention and my affection back on the word of God. Amen. Amen. Sound mind is one that is renewed to the word of God. A sound mind is a renewed mind. And a renewed mind won't accept anything contrary to the word of God. That's how we stay stirred. That's how we don't get shaken. Amen. Amen. Listen to this statement. One of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to try to trouble your mind and get you to be shaken on the inside. Have you ever had a thought comes to your mind and immediately on the inside of you fear? It just grips you, tries to grip you. Why? This thought came from out here, but it's trying to get in here. That's why we got to resist it. Anyway, he says, this statement says, in fact, I believe that a lot of people's problem is not so much the actual situation or the circumstance that they may face, but it's the fear that tries to take hold of them. If the devil can get you over into the mental arena He can beat you every time. But if we'll keep the battle in the arena of the spirit, we'll whip him every time. That's why we must do 2 Timothy 1, 6. This is how we stayed stirred. Amen. The third thing that keeps us stirred. 2 Timothy 1, 6. We already looked at verse 7. Now we're going to back up and look at verse 6 in the Amplified. 
That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of the fan. Rekindle the embers of, fan the flame. And keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. What are we supposed to do with what's been deposited on the inside of us? Stir it up. Rekindle the embers, fan the flame. How do we do that? Praying in the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Ghost and fire. When you pray in the Holy Ghost and fire, that flame gets rekindled. It gets stirred up on the inside of you. We've got everything that we need deposited in here to live in victory, to live a fear free lie faith filled and fear free we don't have to be afraid about the future we don't have to know everything about the future I don't know all the things about the future but I know who holds the future and I trust him completely I put my full confidence in him we can rely on and be assured hallelujah that Jesus loves us. He's got good things in store for us. Stir up the gift of God. There's a lot of Christians that they've heard about the word. They've heard about love. They've heard about joy. They've heard about peace. They've heard about all of these things, but they're not activating them in their spirit. You know, I could go home and pastor could say, can you make me some of those delicious cookies? And I've always got the ingredients in my cupboards for my delicious chocolate chip cookies. And I take out all of those ingredients, the flour and the sugar and lots of butter, (laughs) chocolate chips, all the things that I need. But you know what? I could take all those out of my cabinet and keep them laying on the counter and we'd never have any cookies. Why? Because I got to pour them all in the bowl and stir up. The ingredients. Some of you need to take the love, the joy, the peace and stir it up on the inside of you. When strife knocks on your door, what do you need to do? Stir up the love of God on the inside of you. When worry attacks your mind, what do you need to do? Stir up the peace of God that passeth all understanding. If sorrow and sadness and depression tries to come into your life, what do you need to do? Stir up the joy of the Lord. It's in there. Just stir it up by praying in the Holy Ghost, by finding scriptures that cover your case and speaking and declaring the word of God that stirs up the truths that have already been deposited on the inside of you. Now, what happens when we stay stirred up? Yokes and bondages, tricks and lies of the enemy. They're what gets shaken. When we are stirred, what gets shaken are the circumstances around us. What gets shaken are the attacks and the lies of the devil. Now I want to look at one great illustration tonight before we go. How many of you remember Paul 
and Silas. Paul and Silas. They were men of God. And they went to this region and they cast the devil out of this young girl. And her masters were not happy about it because this young girl operated in a spirit of divination. She operated in fortune telling. And so they were using that to make money, having people come and she'd tell them things. Ooh, right there's a thought. I wouldn't go to a fortune teller. I wouldn't read my horoscope daily or any of that garbage. It's witchcraft. It's of the devil. So they cast this thing out of this girl. Then she couldn't any longer tell the future and all this junk. And so they got mad. They got stirred up and they cast them into jail. Before they put them in jail, they beat them. The Bible says they beat them. And then they put them in the most secure place in the prison. They locked their hands and they locked their feet in bonds. And I mean, it was not a comfortable Position, But let's look here in Acts chapter 16. In the King James Version, Acts chapter 16. We'll pick it up here at verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Think of it. This was not a silent prayer meeting. This was not, well, I have a song in my heart, but you know, we don't want to disturb these other guys in here. So we'll just keep our silent song and our, our unspoken request to ourselves. No, they sang and they prayed and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. They found themselves in a midnight hour and in the test and trial that they were in, they did not begin to gripe. They did not begin to question. They did not begin to complain and criticize. Paul didn't look over at Silas and say, okay, bro, tell me, what's that secret sin in your life that brought this on us? I know something had to happen. I know you did something wrong because I know I'm clean. I know I'm clear. So what's this open door? And then start picking at each other. This is your fault. No, it's your fault. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. You know what? That would have opened up strife. And they would have never gotten out of there. When we find ourselves in the midst of a test and try, don't start trial. Don't start complaining. Don't start griping. Don't start criticizing. Don't start pointing fingers at other people. If you don't know of any open door, then you just know it's an attack of the devil. Hey, these guys were doing everything right. They had taken a big blow to the devil's kingdom. That's why they got attacked. And he doesn't like you any more than he likes them. So don't take it personal. Just know it's an attack of the devil. But do what they did and you'll get out of it. They made the choice to rejoice. They praised and they were raised. They didn't complain and remain. They praised and they were raised. They weren't shaken by their circumstances. They were stirred by prayer and praising. And because they were stirred, it was their circumstances 
that got shaken. Hallelujah. And it will work the same for us. What was shaken? Well, the Bible tells us there in verse 26, the very foundation of the prison was shaken. When I was looking at that today, that word foundation stood out to me. We were talking about in the beginning of having the right foundation. This was a foundation of prison. This was a foundation that represented everything that was holding them in bondage. This wasn't a flimsy little jail, a makeshift. This was a strong concrete building. The foundation of this jail represented those bars and those stocks and those bonds that they were locked in, those chains. But when they stirred themselves, the very foundation of the thing that was holding them in bondage was shaken to its core. Those things that have held you back, those hindrances, those bondages in the macro in many cases, they've been there for years and they seem like they are unmovable. You just put up with them. You've just gotten used to them. But the Spirit of God says it's time now for them to be shaken loose. Stir yourself up. And as you stir yourself up concerning God's freedom, hallelujah, concerning how much he loves you, the very foundation, the very root, if you would. Yeah, the root of that thing that has hindered you and has bound you. The root could be unforgiveness. The root could be fear. The root could be rejection or bitterness. Whatever the root of that thing is, it's going to be shaken loose. The foundation of the things that hinder you and and have hold held you in bondage. The very foundation of those things are going to be shaken. God wants you free. He wants us free. Paul and Silas stirred themselves. And when they stirred themselves, freedom came. Their bondages were loosed. But look at this. So were everyone else's. So were everyone else's. You receiving your freedom. You standing On that thing that's tried to hold you back. You receiving the anointing. That what does the anointing do? The anointing that destroys the yokes. The anointing doesn't just break the yoke. If you break something you might be able to glue it back together. But the anointing will destroy and annihilate that thing. So that it no longer has power and dominion in your life. 
You have to receive it. You got to stir yourself up. You got to You got to receive revelation knowledge from the word of God. If he shows you what the root of that thing is, then go after the root of it. Stop. Some of you have just been dealing with the symptoms year after year after year in your relationships. Perhaps in your marriage, something will crop up here. Something will crop up there and you just deal with the symptom. You just put the bandaid on it. But in many cases, there's a root and you got to go after the root. You got to go after the foundation of that thing that's trying to hold you in bondage. It's not too big for God. It's not too strong for God. Nothing is impossible with our God. Now, you know, my Sibra, you know that I'm not talking about going around and digging in your past and looking for this and looking for that. But, you know, you know, if there's something that's hindering you. You know if something needs to be broken off of your life and the spirit of God's bringing that to you now. He's bringing that to you now because he wants you to be free. And the point is when we get our freedom, it affects people around us. When we get set free, when we're when we're no longer somebody in here is so bound up by insecurity insecurity and rejection. And I don't know what the root of that is. That is the root of Salabata. That's the root of a lot of your issues. It's a rejection issue. And because you're always walking around expecting people to reject you, that thing that is upon you, it repels what you want. If you have a spirit of rejection upon you, then instead of people wanting to embrace you, they're like, yuck, there's something on you. And that thing that you fear happens to you. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. When you go to the core and the foundation of the issue, not only will you be set free, but look at this. Everyone's bands were loosed. Anybody close to them. This was natural proximity. But some of you, you need to accept your liberty and your freedom because not only is it going to influence and impact your life, but your children, your family, your moms, your dads, your brothers, your sisters. Some of you came from such dysfunctional families that it's all messed up. But if you will get established Amen. and rooted and grounded, edible sombra, founded upon the rock of the Lord Jesus and get rid of all that stuff, get it, it's going to affect, it's going to affect your families. It's the motto, even your extended families. Oh, hallelujah. I didn't intend to say any of that, but the spirit of God knows who's here and he knows what you are dealing with. And he I've got more stuff, but I'm not going to continue any longer. We're just going to pray here for a moment. Ebanata broke it, it's a